This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Maggie. My name is Brian. And today we have a very, very special guest with us today. His name is Jason Chu, and he is an LA-based hip-hop artist, poet, activist. Welcome, Jason, to the show. Thanks for having me. It is really nice to see you all. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, so we love to, you know, go right into the podcast. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the questions that we always ask our um, interviewees is we'd love to know, like, what your upbringing was like, you know, what kind of uh, family did you grow up in? You know, was it like very traditional Asian household? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, actually, I did not grow up in a very traditional Asian household. Uh, I think only actually as I got older did I realize how much my family is really Asian. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so what I mean by that is my mom and dad, they're both immigrants. Uh, They came to the U.S. for college. But uh, they actually both speak uh, English fluently. We spoke English at home. Um, They speak with no accent. Uh, So... I always grew up thinking that was like a normal Asian American upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really only once I got into college that I started realizing like, oh, a lot of my friends actually have very different uh, experiences with their families. Mm -hmm. Um, So so for me, I actually very much grew up superficially, extremely, extremely American, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, like I said, the older I get, the more I realize that there's a lot of values a lot of things I've been taught, just a lot of, you know, the less superficial things of being Asian mm-hmm. that are actually still very deeply ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's amazing. Where'd you grow up again? I grew up in Delaware. Delaware. Oh, wow. In suburban Delaware, yeah. So also not super Asian. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. What was, uh, Matt, you mentioned before, like your parents, you know, they're well-educated. They spoke English really well. What was that upbringing like? What, what, did, what kind of values did they teach you growing up to be like, hey, Jason, like, we want you to be a doctor, a lawyer. Did they have this conversation with you or how did you go about that? Yeah, so I, I would say um, definitely my parents have, you know, always wanted me to be stable uh-huh. and they've always wanted me, to, you know, to be able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that some of the ways that, that I always felt more American actually was they actually very, very much encouraged me to do what I was passionate about, right? So when I was growing up, uh, so my dad is a chemist. He's, you know, he's literally worked in the same office my whole life, you know, <laughs> uh, essentially since like I, I've been growing up, like he still goes to work in the same lab yeah. uh, and, you know, he just kept moving up the ranks. But, um, but one thing that I have been very fortunate about is they've always encouraged me to follow what I believe in. Right. Um, and, and to me, a lot of that comes down. So they're, they're pretty religious. Uh, they're Christian. 
Um, and I'm, I'm actually also, you know, like fairly religious, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's been really cool because the way that that religion translates itself into, into their values is that they say, Hey, you know, as long as you're a positive impact in the community, as long as you're leaving something, building something for, yeah. for people beyond yourself, beyond just us, yeah. uh, they consider that, that, um, a positive thing, which, you know, then I'm realizing the way that we approach, you know, family or the way we approach um, things like money yeah. um, can, can be very Asian in terms of, you know, like I was definitely raised to never go into debt, right. um, raised, you know, definitely, uh, you know, saw them like pay cash for, for cars or yeah. for, you know, like all, all kinds of things like that. Um, but yeah, I would say that definitely the values I was raised with um, were this idea of contributing to a unit that's bigger than the individual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's amazing. That's really refreshing to hear because, you know, it seems like your parents were very supportive and you don't get that a lot in Asian households. You know, they always want you to become a doctor, <laughs> a lawyer, or something like that, similar to what Brian said. And they have that perception because they, a lot of them immigrated here, right? And they're not used to going through the route where it's like unsafe. They want us to like, take safe routes and have like a steady mm-hmm. income, right? So I think that's really refreshing to hear and it's, it's, it's good to, to see that perspective. Um, I love to know like, you know, what you were doing before you became an artist and like, if you were like, what was that transition like? I know you were, talk about like your passion for music and like how you kind of like fell into that and how mm-hmm. you, you know, found your passion for music. And where'd you go to college to study? You yeah. want to learn a lot more about that Jason report, Cole Jason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Word, man. I, I love it because, you know, I've obviously we've hung out a couple times in person and then we've yeah. been, you know, friends for a little while now. So, so this is really nice. It feels like we're just hanging out. Um, yeah. So I, um, right. So I, I actually went to Yale university. Uh, so, you know, I studied really hard. In, in high school and and the irony the funny thing is you know on some again superficial levels my life has very much looked like a model minority kind of stereotype pathway you know yeah. uh, studied really hard was into science and tech yeah. uh, and I actually got some scholarships and got into the Ivy League based on uh, studying bio like doing research I was yeah. part of this research program at MIT when I was in high school uh, all of this really, really great opportunities yeah. that were afforded me because, you know, I, I was very much in a family that values education, right. values, um, you know, learning and knowledge and and those kinds of accolades, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, go, going, going to the question uh, that Maggie asked also, um, for me, what it really was, was I went to college. So this is the exact... Um, train of thought that it was for me because you know I went to college and like I said already it was very much drilled into me we don't get successful just so that we can have more fun you know what I'm saying we get successful and 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 you know I think a lot of people a lot of Asian Americans get this a form of this when they say you know I went to school and I always knew that I had to support my family Um, but I think for my family they just expanded the boundaries of that a little bit to say, you know, um, it's not just about going to school and then getting a good job so that I can make my nuclear family very proud. Mm -hmm. But it was very much saying for the bigger community of, you know, Asian American people, 
mm-hmm. or or even bigger than that, you know, just just the world, right? Like I'm not going to school just so that I could have fun or even just so that my family could do well, but mm-hmm. so that we can we can create something for the world, right? So I went in and I went in to study bio because I thought, hey, you know, this is this is something that you know, my father's a chemist, like I said, and, and he works to create technologies that help uh, support the medical field. Mm-hmm. And, and there was always that sense of, okay, this is something that I could use my intellect, use my education to give back. Mm-hmm. But when, when I was at school, you know, like myself, as with, I think a lot of young Asian Americans, I, I struggled a lot with mental health, right. uh, definitely in high school, throughout college, throughout my 20s, um, depression, uh, mental health, mm-hmm. uh, feeling a sense of anxiety or worthlessness um, was very much part of my everyday struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that, you know, I, I have so many friends who are physically doing fine. Uh, health-wise, we're doing fine. Mm-hmm. But mental health-wise, yeah. uh, we're a wreck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We, we can be really a mess. Um, and that's that's you know, there's a lot of exacerbating factors, but mm. what I realized is there's so many people who are physically healthy, but yeah. mentally, spiritually, emotionally not doing well. And so, so that's what sort of got me moving sort of away from the hard sciences. Mm-hmm. And I wound up majoring in philosophy mm-hmm. because I thought, hey, you know, if so many people are, are doing well physically, even financially, mm-hmm. but, but spiritually, right, they're, they're just a wreck. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to study philosophy to help those people. And gradually that brought me to the point of saying, well, okay, I've got all these great ideas about the world in my head, but now how do I get them out? Right? Like if I'm a professor, if I, if I study, I get a PhD, I teach, I only get to impact, you know, maybe 20, 30, 50 students a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always loved art. I've always loved music. When I was going through my issues, music was always my guiding light. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I can create music that helps people get through the day, yeah. that helps people not just have these ideas in their head, but really carry it in their body, mm-hmm. carry it in their ears, that's, that's something that could really touch the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I wound up rolling the dice and, mm-hmm. and going into music full time. Wow, that's, that's an amazing story. You know, it really, really resonates with me too, because... I would say I, I mentally I was a wreck while growing up, same way, you know, it's just different pressures, you know, from my pressure, from my parents was I needed to become really successful because our family never had any money. You know, they, they kept pressuring me to be, become a doctor or a lawyer. And I became an engineer, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't really by choice. It was really because of necessity and really supporting my parents. And it wasn't until I got to a certain point that, you know, I was just like, I'm not happy right now. What did I do? And that feeling of wanting to give back, to really educate our community to do more and to really eliminate some of these negative stereotypes about mental health, you know? Because when you talk about mental health with my parents, at least, or any other Asian parents, it's always mm-hmm. brushed off. It's yeah. like, what are you guys depressed about? We came to America, <laughs> you know, we came to war. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's powerful that you are using music to, to make a difference, you know. And every, everyone has their own strength. For us, it's, it's really, we love, we love hearing stories. Like, we will stop 
to hear about anyone's story in anywhere in the world. You know,、mm-hmm. even when we were traveling in Japan, older Japanese guys telling us about his story. Just to, we just thought what we were doing, just listen. You know,、and、that's something that we feel like we could empower the world with is by sharing stories. You know,、yeah. and the more you share, the less racism is out there, the less hate is out there, because you come from a common ground. Yeah. You know,、mm-hmm. and it's crazy because there's. I was watching YouTube videos too, of this、um, African American guy. He can speak Chinese, and、mm-hmm. I remember he approached people, and the Chinese people were kind of scared of him <laughs> until he spoke in Chinese. They're all laughing, they're <laughs> hugging. <and everything. laughs> so it comes from the fact that you have to have a common ground with people. It's、yeah. so powerful what you're doing too. It's your music is common ground. You know, we had an opportunity、yeah. to listen to your new drops, your new album. Where Super excited to be like talk to you about this right now. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel like there's so many different languages in the world, but honestly, music is a universal language. It doesn't、yeah. matter what cultural what culture you came from or you know what language you speak. Music、yeah. is the universal language, and for you to have that epiphany where like you have so much knowledge you want to share、yeah. after you know going into philosophy, you want to you know. Outpour all of this knowledge to other people.、Mm-hmm. Music is like the best medium, you know. Yeah, tell us about the transition though. You know,、yeah. what was your first concert like? Did you make music on Spotify? Like, how how did you become so successful? Yeah, you know? and I'd love to know like how did you reach out to other artists? Like, how did you get your name out、exactly. there? And like, what did you need to do in order to like you know put yourself on a platform, put yourself on a pedestal, and be like, hey, I'm Jason Chu. I'm like trying to get into this industry. Exactly. Yeah. You're the barrier. We want to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that you know, at this point, I'm a little bit into my career, so I always like think. I do really like thinking back about how it started, right? Because it's、mm-hmm. it's so different.、Um, I so、uh, maybe the way to jump into it is exactly like you're saying, Brian. You know, like I love stories, and I think that it's really powerful, right? When so in in Asian America right now, we talk a lot about representation. Mm-hmm. Right, but I actually like to even rewind a little further, and and talk about existence.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what I mean by that is, I think sometimes we get so caught up in being seen、mm-hmm. that we work so hard to be seen and to be heard,、right. and then when we finally get that platform, only then do we start asking, "Shit, now eyes are on me."、Mm-hmm. Now. What am I actually about, right? We, we folk, and especially Asian Americans, we can be so invisible,、yeah. right? Because that's how racism works against us,、yeah. usually, right? Like, for you know,、uh, right now,、um, Black Lives Matter, right, is is really this powerful movement in the world, and I love it.、Yeah. And and racism works on Black people、uh, to make them visible, but to stereotype them,、yeah. right? So so people will say, oh, yo, you know. All my favorite artists are black, or like, yo, what about Will Smith? What about Beyonce? Like, black people get seen. Well, black people get seen, but then they get stereotyped, right?、Mm-hmm. And then they're either sexy and cool or strong athletes, but they're not human.、Mm-hmm. Right? For Asian Americans, it's the same result, but、right. it's through a different way, right? Like, instead of being seen and being stereotyped, we're erased、yeah. and made invisible,、mm-hmm. and. So what I think a lot about is, you know, what do I have to say? What do I have to share? And that's really how I got into the music game.、Mm-hmm. Was I came out and and from day one, my music has always been very, very values oriented.、Mm-hmm. Right. You know,、um, our our friend Andrew Chow from Boba Guys.、Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew always talks about having a value oriented brand. 
right. right? Where my my brand is actually, and from day one, this has been true. It's been more about what I'm saying than how I'm looking saying it, you know? Mm-hmm. And And so that was really how I got into the business was that I was just making music that tried to say something. Um, I, I started putting music out on YouTube when YouTube was still really like, you know, viral and it was very possible to go viral on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and the first couple records that I had that got me starting to tour and starting to get booked on the Asian American college scene mm-hmm. was records that were about, like you're saying, like story about what it was like growing up um about you know just things i was experiencing in life and and that's always been kind of my trademark more than one particular sound more than one particular um image right. has been i'm i'm a guy that you know if you bring me out to your school or you bring me out to your performance or, or festival or whatever it is mm-hmm. i'm going to come and i'm going to have a message for you you know i'm going to have something to say about the world and and that's you know so so obviously i'm i'm a very proud member of Asian Hustle Network, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of many, one of very, very many members. I know there's, there's <laughs> a ton of members, um, which is incredible. And, and I love seeing people who join in the network doing their little intros, you know, yeah. and saying like, and, and that's really a form of storytelling, mm-hmm. right? And I think everyone's kind of tapped into that. But to me, what's, what's even more powerful uh, than just a story, right, is the idea of through stories, you can discover who a person is. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell when somebody's using a story to sell a product right. versus when somebody's got a product, mm-hmm. but that product taps you into a larger story. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think a lot, a lot, a lot about the idea of are we using, you know, our st- are we leveraging the power of a story well told mm-hmm. just right. in order to sell a product? Right. Or is the product just part of this natural, organic lifestyle yeah. that we're building up? And, and the intros that I see on AHN that, that always strike me closest to the heart mm-hmm. are when it seems like somebody really is just giving themselves. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, they might have a thing that they do or, uh, uh, you know, whatever that they're trying to, but, you know, forget the call to action. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's 2020. If I am interested in you. If you sound like a really dope person, yeah. I can find everything about it. I'll find your website. I'll find your Instagram. <laughs> you know, like, and then I understand the funnel and the CTA and the, yeah. I understand all of that. Mm. But first and foremost, right. There's like a billion plus people out there yeah. who want me to click on their link. Right. More than that is, is this a person I want to influence my life? Right. And, and that's been kind of my guiding principle with my music. That's what got me into music. That's what's kept me in music. You know, some years I, I haven't had uh, a record go big or I haven't had a campaign that went well. I didn't get much coverage. Mm-hmm. But the, the heart of it has always been, do I have something to say? And if I don't have something to say that can really help people out, then I just got to work on me. You know, I got to figure out what's going on in the world. And then if I got something that I look out there and I can genuinely say, you know what, I think in this, in this time in the world, what I have can be powerful and can be used to help people. Then, it, then I mean, it's not like it sells itself. You know, you still got to be smart about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. To me, that's, that, was, that was the foundation of what got me into music. Um, and then, you know, certain, a certain target audience 
saying this, this is something that we've already been looking for. Right. We just, uh, we just haven't found it or, or this guy's doing it in a little bit of a different way that helps us access it. Um, and then that's what really got me on the road. That's what really, you know, started getting me a couple streams. I'm still honestly not even like a streaming heavy artist. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I've got a couple of songs that have done numbers here and there. Yeah. But even more than that, I think I'm known as somebody uh, who can bring certain perspectives to bear on whatever situations are going on in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's what's been, what's been really cool is to have a fan base that's evolved and grown over the last several years. And, and it's not based on like, yo, man, you know, let, let, we, we just really want to hear that one single you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, it's more like, hey, we really enjoy you. And, and we're interested in you and, you know, we, we let, let's have that relationship. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, how I got into the music uh, full time and have been able to sustain it. You know, not, not a, a lot of artists, especially on an independent level, haven't been able to have that staying power. And, and I've been very fortunate and blessed that, you know, people keep uh, stay tuned in, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, you know, about the stories. I feel like, or I'm sure I can speak to speak for Brian as well, like everyone has their own story, right? And it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what your story is, it's your own story. And there are certain things that happen in your life that is representative of who you are. And no one can change that, right? And if we are to share our stories, no matter like what our culture is, no matter what our religion is, gender, identity, whatever it may be, if we share our stories with one another, we can understand each other's souls, right? And if we understand each other's souls and our stories, then we're really never that far away from each other. You mm-hmm. know, that's that underlying, you know, understanding with, within each other where we mm-hmm. understanding each other's stories. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. And about like, you know, how you're saying, you know, if people were to understand who you are, that's where that passion comes from. If they see that you're passionate about who you are and they're, they know that you're passionate about your music, your product, whatever it may be, that's how they fall in love with you, right? Mm-hmm. Same with like businesses promoting their product on AHN. Like if I can see that they're passionate about their music or they're passionate about their product, then I feel passionate for them. You know, if I can just see that they're just promoting it just to promote it, then there's so many other businesses out there where like, why do I have to support you if you're just, you know, doing this one-time promotion? So mm-hmm. I honestly feel like, like whatever you said just now just gave me chills because you can definitely see the difference between like someone who's just promoting just to like, you know, mm-hmm. bring their product out there or if they have a story that's, that's the reason why they're doing the business that they're doing or the reason why they're doing what they do. Yeah, definitely. I do want to bring it back to your personal identity too. You know, mm-hmm. we talked, we touched upon this a little bit earlier, you know, as you're getting eyes on you, you know, you're forming your identity. As you said before, you know, Asians and Asian Americans in general, once you get there, it's a weird feeling. You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. you've never had this much attention before and you feel like, this is your opportunity to make a difference, you know, because all eyes on you. So how have you leveraged that, that newfound fame to like really make mm-hmm. the world a better place? Man, I, again, I really don't think I have that much fame. <laughs> I have, you know, just, I've got friends, you know, I've got friends and I've got people who, who listen to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've got a little bit of, of a track record now. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and for, for me, a lot of it is, uh, building up the people around us yeah. you know i think uh 
for me, it's always been really important to invest in, in friendships and in relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something I'm very passionate about is the idea of like mentorship, right? Um, and, and pulling other people up around us. So, so for me, you know, whether that's with my group, Night Market, uh, yeah. which is my Chinese American trap crew, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's with Night Market, whether that's with, uh, I've got sort of a boutique artist services firm that, uh, that some friends and I founded. Um, the goal has always actually been from, from the day that I jumped out and started putting my solo music out, the goal has always been, let me figure out what could work for me. And then once I've found a bit of a template, once I've established some best practices, mm-hmm. um, how can I give that to other artists who are doing the same thing? Yeah. Right. Because I, I think that this is, again, you know, going back to whether that's with my, my family values or whether that's just with, you know, um, good community building values. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal has never been to be successful alone. Yeah. The goal has been to be, to see our community successful. Right. And, uh, and you see this all the time. Um, some, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it was Meek Mill or it was, you know, another, another rapper who said, it's not about, it might've actually been Drake come to think about it, mm-hmm. but who said, you know, it's not about whether you're a millionaire or not which I'm not, uh, but you know, it's about how many people around you are successful, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're the only successful person in your circle, that probably means that you're exploiting the people around you to get where you want to go. Yeah. Right. But if, if you're successful and you're surrounded by people who are themselves successful, then that means that, that you're building each other up. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, a major, major focus of where I'm at now is trying to pass that on to other artists who are values-based artists who, you know, want to have a message, uh, want to build a platform, want to know how to connect with those pockets of, you know, Asian America out there uh, and beyond Asian America. Um, And because that's what I think a lot of Asian America lacks, right? People talk about, what is it like the the three levers of of social um, Mm -hmm. engagement, right? Or, Or social status. And, and it's uh, political power and generational wealth and representation. And, you know, we, a lot of the Asian American community doesn't really have any of that. Yes. Some Asian Americans may have generational wealth, right. but, you know, it's definitely about this idea of passing things forward uh, and, and not just keeping it locked away. Uh, I very much believe that the world is not a zero-sum game, right? Mm-hmm. So the more that I can give to others, the better it reflects on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that even extends, again, going back to the current moment and Black Lives Matter and this idea that, you know, Asian Americans, um, we, it, it's not, you know, let's be vocal about anti-Asian racism during COVID-19, which, you know, I know we're all part of the hate is a virus team, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is a movement very near and dear to us. Uh, and, and I love how our friends and, and that movement Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, no, we're only going to talk about anti-Asian racism. Mm-hmm. We've really said, no, you know, hatred, racism, um, you know, whatever, uh, misogyny, ableism, uh, homophobia. These are issues for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not queer personally. I'm not a woman. But these issues are things that, that I should speak up about. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to build up my platform, my Asian American platform, yeah. not so that I can just speak on our issues, 
but so that we can lend a hand when other communities are, are facing issues of their own, which again, only makes us more credible when we speak up about our issues, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think that this idea of winner takes all, yo, that, that's actually not how any successful community does it. Mm-hmm. No successful community or individual or movement says, let me get mine and then forget the rest of you, just show up for me. Right. You know, we, we win when we build strong networks mm-hmm. uh, that give to the people who need it at the moment. And then uh, when it's our turn to come around and say, hey, I, I, I need a favor now, or hey, our issue is coming to the forefront, um, then we can call others in as well. Definitely. That's, that's a strong foundation for any strong partnership, you know. Yeah. I think I was, I was talking to people too. I think having a giver's mentality when you're working with someone I always mm-hmm. help first without really expecting anything in return goes a long way mm-hmm. because the world goes in full circle, right? As you mentioned before, if you come from a taking mentality, you're not going to get anywhere because you just establish yourself as the selfish person, as people who, as a guy who always has a material motive. Mm-hmm. You, you don't mm-hmm. want to be that guy. You know, it, mm-hmm. this, this not only pertains to the Asian community, but to any other community too. You know, we want... During a time when COVID was going off and there's so much racism against the Asian community, we wanted other communities to speak up on our behalf. Right. You know? And it's really hypocritical for us to like not speak up during the Black Lives Movement and expect them to stand up for us mm-hmm. during another incident, you know, given that COVID is still very much raging on right now and all over the world. It's it's really you really have to come from like this givers mentality first in order to expect change mm-hmm. you know and that also stems from an, like an abundance mentality it's like you have to think from a there's so much resources out there so much money out there that all of us could succeed mm-hmm. but unfortunately what we see in the asian community is that people come from a scarcity mindset almost yeah 60 percent of the time now i would say 40 percent is in a clear because you know we're first generation second generation asians now mm-hmm. they're very american you know very mm-hmm. westernized so it's not for us, not about like, oh yeah, Jason, if you win, I have to lose. If you start a concert, I cannot be an artist. <laughs> you know? It doesn't work that way. There's so much out there and yeah. you have to continuously build up people around you because everyone comes with a unique skill set that if you empower them in the right way, they will make the world a more beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different from yours, but it's okay. You know, difference is great. It's always mm-hmm. good to have an open type of mindset to look at that and be like, hey, look, I can make it pretty my way. You can make it pretty your way. Let's mm-hmm. both do it together. You know, it's super important. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of Asians feel the same way where, you know, if I have this certain idea, I'm not going to share it with others because yeah. someone else might take it, right? But honestly, yeah. no one can do it your own way. You know, mm-hmm. you have your own style, mm-hmm. you have your own certain mentality, you have your own, you know, experiences. Yeah. And no one can take that away from you. Yeah, we've seen it a lot at the very early days of Asian Hustle Network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some guy would post like, what would you do if you have $50,000 to invest? And the first five comments were like, I'm not telling you my idea. You're just going to steal it. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Everyone was like laughing and they're like, what? Why are you expecting me to tell you yeah. my idea? But it's crazy to watch the group evolve over time and yeah. really encapsulate what we feel like the group should be. You know, open, mm-hmm. sharing, helping each other, sharing your story, Jason. You have a powerful ass story, man. Yeah. And we want to make sure we have more people listen to your point of view because you know 
philosophy major, or rapper, you know, activist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like Brian said, we know you're an activist and you've been in like the founding team for the hate is a virus movement. Um, tell us a little bit about like how you were able to use your platform or if there was like a moment in time where you discover like, hey, I have this platform and I can make positive social change. Like was, was there a moment where you were like, I can do something to make positive change in this community? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've always, um, I've always, you know, wanted to make that positive social change. Yeah. Um, and I think as I've seen like my platform evolve and as I've seen, you know, as, as I've been around a little longer, I, I remember actually uh, back in the day. Uh, so, so y'all probably know uh, MC Jin, right? Mm -hmm. uh, definitely a pioneering Asian American hip hop artist mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and his team, his, his management team is actually friends of mine. And uh, back in the day, Ray, who, you know, was journeyed with Jin for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, what he told me was just keep going. You know, you just keep going. And at a certain point, you get this credibility yeah. of, of having been around, of having spoken on things. Mm -hmm. And, and actually uh, his advice was kind of, you know, just stick to your guns, mm -hmm. um, you know, figure out what you believe in, figure out what your core is. Yeah. And then you just keep putting that into the world. Uh, and, you know, obviously I believe in, you know, refinement, like, you know, you don't just do one thing for 20 years, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta see what's working and see what isn't, mm -hmm. but, but kind of, you know, to, to the question is I think we can't make it and then switch up. Right. Uh, you know, we, we can't be like, yo, okay, yo, I'm, I'm this dope rapper. Oh, I'm this cool dude. Oh, I, you know, listen to me, listen to me. And yeah. then when you get big, then you switch over to the like, oh, yo, you know, yeah. Let's, you know, let's care about the world. Like yeah. you kind of have to have that baked in from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't have that awareness, it, almost what it is, is you've got to set that down as part of your foundation. Right, right, so right. that when you get big enough, um, it's always been there, right? Because I know that one thing that a lot of people are, are kind of wary about is when somebody blows up uh, or gets, gets exposure or builds a platform. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they start caring about things. Yeah. Right? It's like performative and activism, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and then, or, or, you know, as soon as let's say black lives matter becomes an issue, mm -hmm. as soon as anti-Asian racism becomes an issue, then you start speaking up about it. Right. But by that point, it's almost too late. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. By the time that, and we all know this, right. By the time that everybody's talking about something, you know, you look at Bitcoin, yeah. right? By the time that everyone's talking about Bitcoin, that's the wrong time to, yeah. to buy into BTC. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you gotta start when the movement starts. Right. Um, so, so you're asking about, you know, when did I realize? Uh, and for me, it was early on in, in my artistry and my movement. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? These are the things that I care about. I care about racial justice. I care about equality. Um, I care about building up the community. And, and always having that latent in my message. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost to where, you know, when the world caught up, uh, not, not to say like, yo, I was this visionary, mm -hmm. but to say, you know, you got to care about the things that, that you're going to care about when no one else cares about it. Exactly. Because that's when, you know, when everybody catches up and starts saying, yo, we need to find uh, an Asian dude who can speak about black culture who yeah. can speak about Asian American arts mm -hmm. and, and who can put the two together, mm -hmm. you know, instead of just being like, yo, you know, 
I've had this dope career just talking on Asian shit. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, now people care about black shit. So I guess I'm going to, you know, like from, from day one, I've always said, you know, the people who got me into hip hop are, you know, like African-American community. Yeah. Um, you know, from there, there's recordings of me, I think from, you know, 2014, 2013, talking about why it's important for Asian Americans to care about black issues, yeah. why it's important for people to understand Asian American history. Mm -hmm. And then now, you know, we're starting to see people really get into it and really go, yo, you know, we're having these conversations about race and, and what's Asian Americans place in it yeah. mm -hmm. to where I can point to, to, you know, a track record of four or five, six, seven years yeah. and say, you know, I, I've been thinking we've been doing this movement, um, not, not in a hipstery, like, yo, yeah. I was on this way before you're late <laughs> kind of way, yeah. but in, in a, hey, you know, if it's time for these conversations, I'm ready for these conversations, mm -hmm. yeah, you know? For sure. Yeah. Honestly, I can sit here and listen to you talk all day, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's, inspiring. This makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know, you're right. It's everything links to each other. You have to be consistent of who you are since day one. For sure. You know, that's really how you sort of capitalize on the opportunities that come your way to, to really make a difference. Because mm -hmm. yeah. you're not well, also, yeah. you know, also knowing, uh, so a big one that, uh, that Carl Choi, who was also, you know, he was Jin's manager for a long time. Yeah. Um, what Carl told me too was like, you know, you got to know what to say no to also. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big piece of the game too, is knowing which opportunities, right? When opportunities come your way, right. um, which ones are the like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this one. Yeah. And which ones are the, you know what, I'm going to pass on this one. Not because it's not a cool opportunity, you know, in abstract, yeah. but it's not the right fit for me. Right. And I think learning, learning what to say no to um, was a big step in my evolution of artistry. Like, like you said, Brian, going from a scarcity mentality mm -hmm. to an abundance, right? I'm not going to jump at every single opportunity, every single deal, every single performance I could do, because I know that some of those are actually not in line with the brand I'm trying to build, not in line with the character that I have. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's super important, you know? I think opportunities will come your way. Basically, it's kind of like a weird mentality because you have a mindset to look for opportunities. You're in a spot them easily. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and it just it's even like a casual conversation. Something you just meet. You know, when you spot the opportunities, like, hey, like I want to learn more about this, or can we possibly collaborate? You know, yeah. It's, it's it really starts with you as a person too to to know what you even want. You know, I think. Mm -hmm. I always tell people too, like when you come to like a network situation, you don't know what you want. You're not going to get anything out of it. You're just going to meet people for the hell of it. You know? There's nothing wrong with that. But if you come in knowing what you want to do already, opportunities are everywhere. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, and anyone can do it too. It's not, it's not because you're blessed or any way or, you know, you're rich or so-and-so. Mm -hmm. It's because your mentality is straight. Yeah. And people can see that people see right through you, you know, and yeah. if they can mm -hmm. see that, you know what you want, they will most likely throw themselves at Law you. Law of attraction. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also a, a great story about that. Um, so there's a, there's a girl now who's, who's a good friend of mine. Um, this girl, uh, Zeta Zhang. Uh, so she was the first Asian American uh, wrestler signed to uh, first Asian American woman wrestler signed to WWE. Mm -hmm. And and she's a professional wrestler. She wrestles all around the world. She's in Taiwan right now. Yeah. Um, she does all sorts of dope shit. Uh, so there was a time when um, 
she, I, you know, I'd seen her around in media. I was like, yo, this, this girl's really, really tight. Yeah. Um, and then there was one day when she posted on ACN, Asian Creative Network. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, yo, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to do a, a record, a do, do a new ring intro theme. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for a Chinese American rapper who can spit in Mandarin, who can do yada yada. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even see it at first, but a couple of my friends or a couple people even who, who knew of me were like, yo, this is the guy for that. And they tagged yeah. me in it. And then she and I just started building and, and now she's a good friend of mine. We've, we've got some, some stuff, some collabs coming out. And even more than that, we're just friends and, you know, we're, we're, we're moving in the same circles. Yeah. And that was an opportunity, I think, of exactly what you're talking about to where I'd established a reputation for being a certain kind of person and yeah. doing certain kinds of work. And it was just so natural for us to get together. And instead of coming at her like, oh, you want to do X? Uh-huh. Like, cool, here's my rates. And, you know, making it very formulaic. It was like, yo, I see where your heart is at. Right. Let me show you where my heart is at. And, and it became the best form of networking, uh-huh. which was not like, yo, you know, here's a consult and my rate fees <laughs> and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, yo, I see that you have a lot of value. And she was vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and we just built and, and built opportunities for each other very naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best. That's those are very natural relationships, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. So, do you have any tours coming up that we can know about, or do you have any like online yeah. events? You want to, yeah, you know? let us know what you're working on right now, Definitely. and in the next, I don't know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when this one's going to come out, mm-hmm. but uh, I have my new project, Living Room, um, which is a record that actually exemplifies what we're talking about because mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. I wrote this record with, with one of my like close artistic collaborators, uh, mm-hmm. this young Korean American producer called Elyon Beats. Mm-hmm. Um, we made this record, it's very chill, it's very lo-fi, uh, it's very vibey. Um, and then we shelved it because, you know, 2019, the vibes were just, you know, not there. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was trying to stay at home. You know, everyone was no. trying to just go out and have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at the beginning of quarantine, we revisited it and we were like, yo, this is actually a perfect time to give people an album of music that's just sort of about, you know, being at home, centering yourself, grounding yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. reminding yourself that, you know, bringing, bringing peace in uncertain times. Right. Mm-hmm. So we put that out at the beginning of this month. And, you know, people have been listening, people have been giving some really good feedback on Instagram. Uh, so that's out. And, and the next single, uh, I, I don't know if anybody else knows this. Uh, I, I haven't really announced it, but the next music video, Mood, uh, my friend Ali Shu, uh, who's a really, really dope Chinese-American uh, film director, mm-hmm. uh, she directed a music video over Zoom for me wow. uh, while I was just in, in the home, you know? So that's actually coming out this week uh, while wow. we're taking this. Uh, oh, it's coming wow. out. Uh, so that should be out. People should be able to find that on my social media. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I do actually have kind of a, a secret project uh, that I'm working on to bring that record to people in a way that's very live, mm-hmm. that replicates kind of a house concert format. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so right now we're looking for funding for that. And, and if that works out, then hopefully, hopefully what we're going to do is throw these live house concerts nice. online for small groups of fans, you know, like... Yeah. 10 to 15 people at a time and really bring people together around music, around conversation, 
around like therapy and meditation Mm -hmm. uh, and just have these experiences that remind people, you know, art can do a lot of things. Art can, you know, be a festival where, you know, tens of thousands of people get together. Art can also, you know, deepen pre-existing relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the goal. But right, right now, the biggest thing is, you know, if, if people are looking for some kind of chilled out music to, to rest to, to quarantine to, to, you know, de-stress to, there's a lot of tension in the air. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's, uh, that's what's out right now. Nice. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, lots of big plans. Even from this project initiative, you can tell it from like give first mentality. Yeah. You know, you sense from current events, what's going on. You're absolutely right. Like everyone's is stressed in their own way. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much going on this year. This year, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate these type of efforts too to really give back to people and the fans and community. Yeah, and these are things that are, are least talked about too. You know, like mm-hmm. get a therapeutic, good for your mental health. Yeah, you know what you're doing is you're creating projects around who you are, your own identity. Mm-hmm. brand is so important yeah i think like in this in the middle of this pandemic like we're all still expected to you know be at 100 percent of our productivity right and we're still expected mm-hmm. to work all the time mm-hmm. but we never really talk about like how we're doing emotionally like you said jason and what you're doing it's it's going to touch a lot of people and you know it's something that they didn't know that they needed but it's something that is really much needed yeah yeah thank you i need it too yeah. i'm joining I'm coming. Me too. Me too. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully we can throw a, you know, if we get this funded, if we get, you know, yeah, whatever support and backing we need, hopefully we can throw uh, some living room sessions for the AHN community that'd be and, awesome. you know, bring people together. That'd be really, really, really fun. Yeah. yeah that'd be dope, man. Yeah. We'll totally be supportive of that. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. So we are almost at the top of the hour. I, want to ask this last question for you jason um if there was one message that you want to relay back to you know the community whether it be like the asian community or just the entrepreneurial community what would that message be oh all right so it's uh, i'm wearing this uh i'm not gonna show you my pants right now because that's weird (laughs) but it's actually it's written on my pants right now and this is why so uh i have this slogan uh and my slogan is, fear is easy, hope is real. Mm. Um, and so it's on my pants right now because we did some merch with that. And then it's, but I'm not going to, you know, put y'all through that. <laughs> uh, but what it, my message from day one has always been that fear is easy and hope is real. Right. Uh, fear is so easy to give into, you know, whether that's the fear of saying, yo, I... My, my friend Simon Tam uh, from The Slants uh, says this really well. He says, you know, if I make a million dollars, I don't need a million dollars. I'm going to reinvest most of that into the community, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm going to do that without the fear of saying, what if tomorrow I don't have a million dollars, right? Because stuff comes and goes. Right. Um, when we operate, you know, I think another name for a scarcity mentality is a fear mentality, mm-hmm. right? Saying shoot, if, if I give this away, what if I don't have enough tomorrow? Right. Um, and, and, and this operates everywhere, right? This operates in relationships, right? Shoot, if, if I don't get what I need from you, 
you know, uh, then, then I'm going to feel unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it operates in terms of, you know, so many ways. I think when we look at the world around us with fear in our hearts, then we start acting as though the worst is going to happen and nobody's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, really believe that, that the winning strategy is to live hopefully, right? To live in hopes of what could happen, right? Yeah. If, if I throw myself out there, not everything is going to work. But I believe, and I really, really believe that, you know, if we build strong communities, the community will have our back. Yeah. So, so I hope that everybody out there who's hustling, right, people have got a lot of different hustles. And, and I love all of it. You know, we need real estate agents, definitely. Mm-hmm. We need bankers and, you know, uh, CFAs and, and people who are handling the money. Mm-hmm. But in the end, are we building up all these things mm-hmm. out of fear of not having enough? Or are we building up all these things in the hopes that we're creating structures that will build a brighter future? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's that's, that's, yeah. that's what I'll give. Yeah, love yeah, it. It's powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, man. That's it's a powerful closing statement. I love it. I love it a lot. I heard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Thank you, Jason, for being on the show. We had a lot of fun. You know, this entire conversation feels very trance-like. It's like like a really chill, good conversation about who you are, everything that's going on, point of views, your lessons, Mm. who you are. You know, is there any other way that we can help you? Just just reach out anytime, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, how can our listeners uh, find out more about you and reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, all my social media handles are at Jason Chu Music, Jason C-H-U Music. Uh, So please, if you listened, and, you know, this, this spoke to you, uh, hit me on Instagram, hit me on Facebook, uh, hit me, you know, kind of, kind of wherever. And yeah. the new album, Living Room, is available on all streaming services. So wherever you listen to music, mm-hmm. uh, it will be out there. Just search my name. It'll pop up. You know, I, I really hope that, that the music speaks to you and, and that, you know, some part of what I've gone through can resonate with, with something you're going through. Definitely. Love it. Let's put on the show notes. Yes. Jason, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for being on the show, Jason. Great. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.